Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. This is Trey Cashin, and um, I'm with Thaddeus on this one. We're going we're gonna to talk about, uh, kind of go through a prayer. We've prayed for almost five years now, yeah. and, and, uh, and kind of just go through it because it, it speaks to pretty much everything we've ever talked about and things that we think are important, which is why we have it every day. But why don't we begin with that prayer? Okay. Um, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul II. Pray, pray for, for us. Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. I think it's, it's, it's usually a pretty good exercise to go through. Often as Catholics in particular, you know, we, we're, we're taught... Uh, we're taught rote prayers, <laughs> you know, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, um, and frequently... I like I to think, call them scripted prayers. Trey wrote has such a negative connotation. Well, I don't too. mean it. I don't mean it that way. The, you know, the thing, the church, the church always teaches that, you know, prayer is part of the teaching mechanism of it. And, and it, mm. while, while being spontaneous in prayer has its place, um, that we should turn to the church for for that because it 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 informs us it teaches us if we look at the prayers themselves so the way that we pray that the church prays models or helps model for us like like a family like mm-hmm. a parent helps model for us the way that we should pray so if you go to the mass and you listen to the eucharistic prayer when you go to mass and listen to the eucharistic prayer it's teaching us something about how we should pray, what's the way in which we pray. And so every good prayer um, that, that's solidly based, and of course this prayer is was written by John Paul II. Saint, which I had forgotten. I, didn't, I thought it was yeah. a prayer that you and Stephanie had written. Actually. No, no, this was, actually, this was actually John Paul II wrote this prayer for family. So given the fact that he's a saint, and, and, and really there's nothing, there's nothing to... Um, difficult about this prayer. However, I think for families, it's worth recognizing because there are things that can be taught in going through the prayer and things that we can learn. And like everything prayer. with Pope John Paul, there's always a lot there too. There's layers clean. and layers of layers and layers of meaning and depth. You can kind of chew on it for a, yeah. for a long time. And we've never done that before. And I and I was we were looking at it. And I was thinking, you know, hey, this might be a good thing for us to spend some time on, um, just to point out because this is a prayer. I think that every family, certainly every Catholic family, could could pray themselves. Right. Um, and you were saying about uh, prayer having a, a teaching function. I mean, what better example of that is is there than the like the Apostles' Creed, for instance? Absolutely. I mean, that's a teaching mechanism. The Our Father. The Hail Mary, the, the the prayer of the Mass, and and we forget sometimes because sometimes because of exactly what you said that that term wrote or memorized or is some negative connotation. Mm-hmm. That's only because of what 
how it's how it's kind of perceived what that means what what that means today i think is well you're just saying the words you you you're not connecting that what god wants is is to provide us with the way. What did Jesus do? I mean, Jesus gave us the prayer of the Our Father. I mean, they said, teach us to pray, and this is what he said. You know, pray like this. Or, you know, Our Father who art in heaven. And and he gives us that. That's a teaching tool. Yeah. And certainly you can, you can take those prayers as models and maybe build off of it to, for, for your own spontaneous prayer or whatever. But you still got to kind of go back to the that's the model, right? I mean, that's that's coming directly from God Himself, from Jesus. It's like your fundamentals. You never abandon your fundamentals, right? It's just a, it's it's blocking sport. and tackling. If you're football, it's yeah. I mean, it's dribbling it's just, and shooting. It's, it's just the it's the basic right. stuff, and everything flows. And if we begin to make mistakes in how we pray, in other words, if we don't go back and touch base with what's, we can actually lose sight of what's true or begin to think and believe something else. Often to error, yeah. Right, isn't it the lex orandi, lex credendi, you know, how we pray, what we pray is what we believe, what we believe is what we pray. And so it's really important for for those things to be in line. And so I, I think looking at a prayer at any point in time is is good. The greatest place, if you just, if, I challenge you to take when you go to mass what I've done to try to um connect with <laughs> with the mass and the eucharistic prayer is in my head I'll try to I'll try to repeat in my head what the priest has said in other words just not, not I'm not saying it under my breath or that but but I found that that helps me connect with what what is happening, hmm. you know, and who's being addressed uh-huh. and what's being said uh-huh. is is a full, active, and conscious participation, which is what Vatican II says that they want from, from Catholics. In fact, getting back to the rote, you know, if you if you go back, it's partly because they saw what was happening in in the church. And if you talk to somebody like my dad, or or others, you you might hear them say, you know, we went to mass and we just prayed the rosary during mass. Right, right. You know that that it became something that we just were sitting there. Again, God's grace is there. That's not that, that's better than not going at all. But what the what the church in Vatican II has really put out there was, we want Christians to fully, consciously, and actively. Those are the exact words: full, <laughs> conscious, and active participation in the Christian life and in the liturgy. So full, by definition, <laughs> means the entirety of ourselves. I mean, um, conscious kind of makes part of that too. Our bodies and our minds, our bodies and our souls, our intellect and our will, everything needs to collide and become one. And in a perfect worship of, of giving perfect worship to God as best as you can means that all of that is said. So what I'm saying and what's being said, I'm saying it with or through the the priest. And I think that that's something they were trying to combat was the idea of that we just say our prayers. Um God wants all of us, not 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 just the actions. And he certainly wants if he wants the actions, he wants the actions to be reflective of what we're saying and doing, which is why in the church we, we kneel at the consecration, you know. We stand at the gospel. Right. You know, we we cross ourselves. All the things that the church does, and like a good mother, is just reminding us that something's going on here. We stand because it's Jesus' words directly as opposed to either the Old Testament or one of the apostles. So we stand out of reverence, you know, it's his word. Stop. You know, we 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 kneel at the God's creation because he is God himself is coming, worthy of our adoration. And so we kneel for that. Those are all meant to be connected. And so you can either be doing it bodily and then your mind is reminded of oh wow, something's going on different here. What what is it? You know? Or 
if in a perfect world, you, you recognize that's what it is. And so I stand because I want to honor you, right. Lord, or I, I, I kneel because you're coming. Sophomore theology, Father Pilgrim. What did he say? Three kinds of attention in Mass. Passive attention, you're sitting down. Active attention when you're standing. And reverent attention when you're, when you're kneeling. I hadn't heard that, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. But the bottom line is, is prayer is a form of the church. And, and again, we can get caught up in that spontaneous prayer is the only real prayer that's not true, right? R- reading, right. Wrote, wrote, reading prayers that are written for us can be, as long as we're taking our mind and our intellect and, and what we're saying is meant to connect with our hearts and that we can bring those two together can be powerful. Right. Us. Also, it's, not for, it's part of our Jewishness, too. I mean, right. the Jewish temple sacrifice, the Jewish sacrificial rites were script had scripted prayers right. in them correct right so i mean I, a, as best i understand but we're 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 continuing God's on teaching that. us and he's revealing to us and so we can go back i mean obviously the prayers like the our father or the hail mary or the apostles creed or you na- you name it are those are coming from the church and have been part of it forever. Certainly when we pray those, we should actually be thinking about what do they mean. I think since this has been part of our show for five years, and given that it was written by a saint. We should think uh, about what it means. We should think about what it means. So that's a long-winded, typical Trey Cashin, long-winded. It's not long-winded. It's very thorough. It's very thorough. Hopefully it's thorough. (laughs) But... uh, I've been accused of kicking a few dead horses, though. So, but uh, but anyway, so let's let's just let's just start. This is his prayer for families, and Saint John Paul II uh, begins with, "Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life." And the beautiful thing about that is, and I and I always have learned that quote at the beginning is actually a reference to scripture. I mean, it's not only a reference to scripture, he's actually quoting scripture or at least going that because if you look at Ephesians 3 St. Paul in writing that 3:14 I'll do, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on and on earth is named. So he he's he is paraphrasing paraphrasing but definitely pointing to Scripture. That's what Ephesians. What again? Ephesians three, fifteen. Really. I mean, you have to, it's fourteen and fourteen and fifteen because fifteen is kind of a not a full sentence. Ephesians three, fourteen and fifteen. Three, three, fourteen and fifteen. Well, like what you can take from that, at least in part, is really most prayer should <laughs> should flow from a reading and understanding of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. We as Catholics should be experts. In Scripture, we should know. We we hear it more than anybody. A lot of people don't realize that. We we have it read to us. We have it, and even the great saints, instead of thinking I've got better words to say, are actually you know stealing. <laughs> I, I I say all all great thought is coming. It's coming from God's word. So He's beginning by saying, okay. Lord, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. That points us to one thing. First off, all prayer should be directed to God the Father, at least initially. Even, I mean, if you think about all the prayers, that's that's the main. If you go to Mass, that's it. We can talk to Jesus for sure. We, we can, when we should, and we should pray to the Holy Spirit. We should, but ultimately, it's all going to the Father. And on top of that, I think it's really important that we remember if we're living this mystery that is parenthood and that's within the sacrament of holy matrimony, um, we should remember that we are signs of something. And he very simply puts what is his, if, if Father, every family in heaven and earth takes its name from you, Father, you are love and life. That concisely tells us what marriage is about. Mm-hmm. I mean, the beauty of of great saints' prayers often is they're they're so right down to the nitty gritty of what needs to be. That simply, if we're meant to be mirrors of who God is, He's starting off 
and saying that all families come from this, he started off with just the core of what it means to be in a marital relationship. We, you are love and life, and then you'll see that that flows into us. He's speaking of the truth of the marital act, too. Right, it's exactly. Unitive and procreative. So he's starting off, so families, the, the, it's, every name comes from, uh, the name of every family comes from this, and then therefore your love and life. And that just is him, I think, if you think of the theology of the body, it, we don't have time to talk about that, but he's pointing us to the the simple truth that we're meant to to recognize. And so flowing directly from that, he starts off, let's do the next one. It says, through your son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. So he's, he's now making the connection. So there's God the Father. This is the, I mean, this is, this is good theological prayer. And now he's saying through, which is the only way that we have access to God, we've talked about, through your son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, which points us to his humanity. Mm-hmm. And then through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, meaning the, of, of love, meaning that's where we get access to who God is. Mm-hmm. So we actually are seeing that Jesus became one of us, and then he came and sent the Holy Spirit to provide us with the fountain of that he's, we're asking that every family on earth may become a true shrine of life and love, which again is connecting. So you've got God the Father through the Holy Spirit and Jesus are being asked to help grant that every family become a place where love and life, the very essence of God, you know, Love and life are enshrined, are put at the center, are made the most important, the most important thing. And he's also calling on the grace of the incarnation and the merits of the incarnation. He's actually praying for every family in the world, right? Catholic. Non-Catholic, there are no, there are non-Christian, right. every single that every single family would be transformed into that shrine of love and life. Whatever, be healed of whatever brokenness they have, be reunited in whatever way. I mean, he's praying for every family to come closer towards that, to be a sign of of what they're of meant to love, be, what they're meant to be, what yeah. they're meant to be, and so, which is unified with the God who is love and life. And I think, I mean. It is beautiful that he's praying for every family. And and we need to take that's another thing we can learn from it is you know sometimes we tend to think, you know, we don't pray for maybe our enemies, people who don't don't agree with us on things. We're we're meant to pray that God cuz God's capable of converting anybody. God's capable of changing anybody's heart. It, it, when we refuse it, it's also a prayer that he wants to answer. You know, and the great thing about praying prayers that God wants to answer is that we know it's his will. And if we're doing it, we're cooperating with him. And if we're cooperating with him, we're doing all that we can um, under that. And I think that's that's an important thing to right. to stay vigilant with. So anyway, anything, any other thoughts on that? I love it. All right. So, the, so then the next one, it says, and speaking to, to exactly your point, Flowing from that, he says, grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. It gets us back to really the essence of what the good news is. God became one of us. He walked and united himself with one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. And as John 1, 14 and following says, you know, I think it's one seventeen that Moses through Moses the law came the law grace and truth came through Jesus Christ he came to give us grace grace is that gift of oneself it's it's what we as Christians have always thought and this is going to be first off it's a gift so that's a, that's a good definition if you ask most people it's a gift but the question is what does the gift do assuming it's opened and very important for us to remember uh, 
that grace is effectual. It has an effect. It affects us if we allow it. If we open it up, if we receive the grace, then it can make things happen that not. We believe that grace elevates and perfects and presumes our nature. In other words, it doesn't say we're going to shut off human nature. It, it, what grace is is that which God gives us so that we can be elevated. Jesus is considered the perfect man, not a superman. The, the perfect man, meaning he shows us what man is capable of separate from sin. And he died to provide us with that truth and rose from the dead, to provide us with that truth and then provide us with the grace we need to actually strive towards and be helped towards that perfection that is him. I think oftentimes too many Christians see Jesus, of course he is God, 100% God, worthy of worship, everything that God is worthy of. But he is 100% man, and you can get caught up in one way or the other. He's 100% like us in everything but sin. And that grace which he gained by, our, by his death on the cross and his resurrection, he gives to us so that we can accept it and allow it to happen. So he's, John Paul is pointing us to this grant, please give your grace and that that grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. The other thing I like about this prayer is it's getting from the very theological down to the nitty gritty of life. Yeah. He's, he's, it comes down to husbands and wives, thoughts and actions having an impact on what's good for their families and not only their own families, but the families of the whole world. Again, just like the incarnation brings God into contact with the world, you know, it was God and and man, God and creation are cut. They're like the the on the Sistine Chapel, you know, the God, God reaching down to to Adam, you know, in that in that beautiful painting, heaven and earth kiss in a way, but that is extended in and through the family. And I think that's again, I think that's so important for us to remember that. The grace that we received as a result of what Jesus accomplished on the cross and the fact that the Holy Spirit has come is meant to guide our thoughts and our actions as husbands, as wives, as parents for the good of our families, whatever the good is, and of all the families in the world. So grace is another thing that that he's pointing to, um, and it's very important. So... Did you have any thoughts on that? I'm no. sorry, no. No, okay. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, so he's, he's, he's actually he's got three petitions here. So after he's recognized God for who he is, he's gone through and said, through your son and through the Holy Spirit, may we be signs. Then he goes through these grants. So first one is grant that the grace, that your grace, the gift of yourself, may guide the thoughts and actions of the husband. And then it says, grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. The fruit of any family is, is, is a child. And so it points us back to, that's not only just husbands and wives doing it, but it's for the benefit of a child. And it's just praying that which we need this prayer. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's too many families, way too many families where there, there's not for the young, solid support for their human dignity or for their growth in truth and love. So again, we've talked at length about how human dignity should be essential to everything that we do in terms of delivering that to our children. So thoughts and actions, you were just sharing a story about, about your, about your son, which again, and we, we kind of talked before the show it, if you don't mind sharing it, if you feel sure, comfortable sharing sure. it, but but I think it points us to the fact that how God wants human dignity to be brought into the forefront through us mm-hmm. as 
parents as husbands and wife in our dealing with our children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're uh, de- taking apart a piece of furniture because we have to get it from one one room into another room, and it has to be taken apart to fit through the door in the, in the new room. And um, I have one of my one of my children who is needs more active encouragement to <laughs> sometimes controlling, yeah, to um, to step outside of themselves and, and help others. Not not all, all the time, but just needs more encouragement in that area. And uh, I was about halfway done with putting it back together. And I just came and, and asked him to help carry a few things into a few pieces into the, the new location. Um, not because I needed, and I remember, I thought about this actively at the point. I was very right. intentional about it. Not because I needed him to help me carry those things in. It wasn't going to save me that much time or it wasn't it might have, that might much. cost you time. Maybe <laughs> maybe so. I think it was a wash. A wash. Um but it was doing it was actively because I wanted him to participate in helping do that task and right. participate in something that was necessary for the family and that was going to help the family. And I knew it was going to be good for him to, the more opportunities and chances he gets to, to open himself up and, and help others and right. respond to that call of, you know, help me right, and do it in a joyful way. It's going to be good for him. And I, and I remember thinking at the time when I asked him, this is just like, you know, the sermon that I heard from a, a priest maybe a year or two ago where he talked about helping his grandfather when he was a little boy paint the side of the garage and his grandfather gave him the paintbrush and, you know, he made, he he's sure that he made a lot of mistakes. But the point of it is that he, he helped his grandfather paint the garage and that that is an analogy for right. our participation in Salvation and 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 our and our recognition and the God's helping us to recognize our human dignity. Yeah. The fact that we can freely do what Jesus did in His humanity, we can freely give of ourselves right. for the sake of another. Right, and that that's you know that you made me think of. I mean, I remember because you know, I think of like when I allow the kids to help with pancakes, and I remember when they wanted to help, and I mean it was just it was going to add way more mess. <laughs> It wasn't a wash. Of, it wasn't a wash, but it was fun, and I wanted them to experience that so that they could learn to take what they have, help, and then be able to provide something, take right. an idea. I want my friends to have pancakes, and they're they're spending the night, or I want my cousins or whomever, and and I want to be a part of that mm-hmm. to, to help. Well, it's the same way that God works with us, but you're, you're reminding me, I, I, I just had a flashback to my grandfather, who I love dearly, was very close to, and... He was, I remember when I was, I was 10 and we were up at, at our lake house and he, he, um, he gave me an ax and he said, I need you to go cut some of these wood down. And, uh, and anyway, I'm doing that and I'm feeling really good about my human dignity at that point. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I've knocked a few down and then I get over to the dock and I noticed this small tree and I'm like, oh, this thing's in the way. So I, I'm about halfway through when when I heard my grandfather f- from up at the top going, boy, what in the are you doing? And I'm like, helping, you know? And and anyway, the bottom line is uh, I chopped down a brand-new brand uh, planted cypress tree, which he had spent a good oh. deal of money doing. The funny thing is, is that years later – you know, years later, that tree, there's the, the other tree, there was another tree down the road we can see, and it was a nice, just straight one, one deal. Well, this thing is now a giant cypress tree, but it's all, it's all tangled. It's beautiful. I mean, it's the way it came back. It didn't come back like a normal. So I think there's some, there's something to be uh, learned from, uh, he was, I'm sure he was not too happy. I, well, I know he wasn't, I could but tell by his voice and, and he's like, bring that you know, bring that axe back up here. You're done. You're, you're, you're done. You're done. <laughs> Thank you for your help. But um, but I I think that we as parents need to recognize that part of it is that we need to look for opportunities to allow them to participate. And even if they make mistakes, to allow them to participate 
in being human when they're young, not just when they can do it, but when you can help them do it. Mm-hmm. So look for those opportunities to do it. Because really you're mirroring God like that. Because there's nothing we can do to gain our salvation. Jesus is the only way to that to salvation. But he's asking us to participate. That's why he gave us the grace so that we can actually be transformed into he left that little sliver there for us to add our to add our yeah, it's a little bit. And, and so like in the in the mass, you know, I've always been told, you know, the the it's not part of something that it doesn't make or break a deal, but the the drop of the of the water into the chalice mm-hmm. has at least in part always been that's our our collectively that little drop our not just mine not just yours but every Christian before since and to come to come that's how much impact it has that's why in a red in a in red wine as the that this made into his blood you can't tell other than seeing the drop go in there it, it doesn't change the taste of it and it's, not effi- to, yeah, it's not it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't change the it doesn't it doesn't you can't say oh there's water in that it's so small that that's it it points us to yeah. the fact that we we're called to cooperate but whatever we do is really revealing to us god's or our human dignity as god intends it but the fact that we really are incapable of doing everything that's needed but still like your child or like me cutting it i mean he still wants us to be like a good parent. We want, I want you to experience this. I want you to know what this is like. So human dignity, do that. And then for growth and truth and love, I think is really important as well. We must teach our kids what's true, what's good and what's beautiful. We must make an effort to talk to them. I mean, I think as a parent, one of the things that I think is really important, the kids want to watch Dr. Strange. Okay. Now, fortunately I've, I've got, I've got the, they're 16. Um, I've access to the word on fire and, you know, and, 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 and Bishop Barron's review of it. And mm-hmm. so we watched it and then we pulled, pulled up Bishop Barron's review of that show and we listened to it. Now, you know, Bishop Barron can be, you know, he was using words like Gnostic, but, but see the, the point is, is that we were able to talk through what is it, what is a Gnostic teaching and how does that, apply to our life today and how did it apply to the movie as it was so look for those opportunities to deliver what's true yep um and particularly you know if there's something they want to watch and it's of course okay then do it and watch it with them but then say hey you're gonna give me just give me five minutes after we're gonna look at this one thing and and have a discussion so Help them to grow in truth and in, and in love. You, you gave it that your example is perfect. You allowed him to give himself to you. You provided him with an opportunity to give himself to, which is what love is. It's giving myself away for the benefit of somebody else, mom mm-hmm. or dad or whoever mm-hmm. wanted that mm-hmm. table or mm-hmm. desk or mm-hmm. whatever in the other room. So Yeah, and I wanted to also come back to um, young people uh, families, children, uh, just being that you talk all the time about sacraments being the, the visible sign of an invisible right. reality. Um, I, I can't believe I'm blanking on it. It's terrible on What's the air. Your definite, the definition oh, yeah, of no, sacrament. The, yeah, visible, an outward sign or visible sign of an invisible reality instituted by Christ by to Christ confer, for grace. confer grace. Yeah, thank you. Um, but what's, I think what's really amazing about marriage and family is that you also have the children, the offspring are that visible sign of the one flesh. Absolutely. That's, that is the sacrament. It's, they literally are. We're supposed to coming together of the two, the two people. That's right. And we're, we're meant to, we're meant to um, convey truth and love to them. Right. But, but oftentimes, what I've found is if you're open to the sacrament and what God's trying to do, it's in and through those children that we recognize things about ourselves. He's, te- he's teaching not only things about ourselves as a parent, but even things about our relationship with God. If we're open and hear that, we, we 
don't take the I mean, I, I think that sometimes we can talk ourselves into we've talked ourselves into understanding something. I think there are moments when 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 we're parenting and we're gonna say something that all of a sudden you get like a little tap on the shoulder or a little thing saying you you listen to what you're saying <laughs> because mm-hmm. because it's good advice. You're doing a good job. Mm. Like for me, so like, you know, Stephanie always tells the story about about how how Madison, when she was young, would ask why, and she was, and it became apparent she was asking why not to really know the answer to just be defiant. And so, Stephanie went to great lengths to say, "Madison, listen, you're. It's okay to ask why, but you're gonna you're gonna need to accept what I say without asking why, and then you can say, "May I please ask why?" And when I'm able, and as quickly as I can. I will give you an answer as to why that is, but that's after you've already done what I've asked you to do. Mm-hmm. All right. And she said, I'm in the middle of that. And then she's like, Stephanie, I mean, she, she, she felt the Holy spirit say, say, okay, can you follow your own? That's good advice. You know, <laughs> maybe you ought to think about the way things stop asking why, and then just do it. And then God, I'll provide you with why later. And so those are all opportunities to grow and, truth and love that happen in day-to-day moments. But I do think it's important to point out that you, and we're praying for God to do this, but you said a key word, the more intentional we are, the more purposeful we are, the more that we think about, I'm going to do this for this reason. I want to expose my child to cooperating with and understanding the, the joy of working hard for the sake of somebody else or in, in this deal to be intentional matters sometimes it can accidentally happen <laughs> but and we're we take those for grace moments but i think it's really important for us to to think we should try to be intentional mm-hmm. he's asking us john paul ii is asking us to make sure that we support their human dignity find ways that they can plug in and help they can flow it's much easier mom i know to say I'll just handle it because if I let you handle it, it's going to be a mess. Sometimes that that's true. If you're in a hurry, that's fine. But, but, but think intentionally about allowing them to do it in spite of the fact that you might have a little bit more to do. Well, and your, the, the funnel philosophy that y'all have and and other philosophies like that is also about being intentional because it's easy to either just go into permissive mode of, yeah, just do whatever you want to because I don't have to deal with you or think about it or, ultra protectionist mode of you can't do anything. I'm, I'm just going to limit, just limit everything. Or I'm going to make, or I'm going to force you to do it under threat of punishment. Right. Or that, I'm going to do everything for you. The helicopter parenting right. mode. Those you want to engage you, you know, what is it? What is human dignity based on? It's what us being human. What makes us human? It's our intellect and our will and our body that actually has to take the intellect and the will and execute it in real life. Yeah. It's taking an idea, a thought, something that I have and making it tangible today in this moment. So you have to allow them, well, you should intentionally allow them to make mistakes. Like the funnel, though, part of being a parent, and even when we're intentional, is recognizing and try to discern, is it age appropriate? Is it, you know, we don't want to put them, we want to put them in situations where they can be challenged, but experience some success. So they have some likelihood of success. We don't want to make it all easy. We certainly don't want to do it all for them. We don't want the setbacks to just be crushing so that they despair. So they just despair. But but we do want to. That's what a good father does. That's what a good mother does. So be looking for those opportunities to encourage your child to do something. And don't be afraid. Don't be stupid. I mean, don't let an heirloom get broken because, you know, you're dust the table and, and that's, you know, 500 year old. We've had it in the family since, you know, dinosaurs existed. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't do that, you know, but allow them to participate when you can in situations that will allow them um, the opportunity for success, maybe even for failure. Uh, as long as it's something that that failure doesn't maybe even result, a little suffering, maybe a little suffering, even if it results, it possibly could result in something less than you would like. <laughs> something might break or whatever, but 
that's how parents stood. We're thinking about how do we how do we learn that. So that was the second can I, one. Can I add something? Sure. Something else along those lines. Yeah. Also, what you're saying just occurs to me too. You know, Christ could have been born and grown to his maturity and started his public ministry and basically done just about everything he does in the Gospels without the 12 apostles in tow. Absolutely. He didn't have to have those jokers walking around with them, but he chose to. He asked them to, he wanted those ordinary human right. beings to participate in his ministry. And, that, and that's exactly why we're, we need to recognize that it's always meant to be in communion. Why, love and like God is a communion of persons, yeah. God himself, the perfection of perfections. There, I mean, there's no, I mean, he is perfection. He is love. He is life. All of that. That perfection is a communion of persons, distinct persons. That should always, we're not meant to be on an island by ourselves. Right. So there's some wisdom you know, in poetry. No man is an island. That's a fact. That's not, you don't come into existence by yourself, you don't get through this life by yourself. That's important to teach to your kids. That's another part of the truth. Um, not that you have to, but but the bigger your family is, the easier it is <laughs> to make them do that. I'm not I'm not suggesting that you have to or or anything like that. I'm just saying that whatever they're involved in, if they're involved in baseball, they need to learn that you know while it would be easier in many cases to get from here to there with just saying, everybody get out of my way and let me do it. The reality of human life is that's not the way it's supposed to work. That's in real life. That's not just in a family as a parent. That's, that's in work at work. There are people you have to deal with that, man, they just, they're going to make it worse, <laughs> but you have to include them. Right. Right. So there's part of that. That's a cross that you offer up. It's something that you do. And you know, who knows, maybe one time, you might be that person. <laughs> There's a very good chance it's going to happen at least once in your life. Right. So anyway, uh, so the third grant, you know, the third ask, he's asked for parents, for husbands and wives, for the young, and then and then now he's, he speaks directly to love. He says, grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families may sometimes pass. And again, love is that self-gift, but self-giving of ourselves is hard. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult, like you said. I mean, even just including a child can be difficult. It's going to be, it's going to take too much time. <laughs> I just like to get this over with. Um, that's love. Grace, and he uses the term strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of, of marriage. Grace strengthens us. It empowers us. It raises us up. We need to really remember that from a Christian perspective, grace, that gift of himself to us, raises up our nature, right? It elevates our nature. It takes that which is not bad. It's, in fact, good, but it's not everything it could be because of sin and our fallen nature, and he gives us the grace to help us overcome that. Right. And it's important to remember that. So it comes from the sacrament of marriage. We had Jim Beckman on here once. I don't know if you were here, but, but, but he talks about calling on the grace of the sacrament in prayer. I call upon the grace of our sacrament of marriage for this for our children, for this for our family, for this for ourselves. You know, to be able to handle this particular situation, or to deal with this child in this circumstance, or to know what the right thing to say—that's yeah, so good. I mean, that's that—that that is. It is very easy to forget, I think, in this world that that we're living a sacrament. If we're married, we're living. If we're married in the in the church, all things being what requires a sacramental marriage, um, two Christians knowing what they're doing, you know committing to one another and, and actively trying to live that out. Yeah. If we're uh, intending what the church intends when they, when they say their vows, all mm -hmm. the above. But most of the people listening, I think, have probably either been in or are in um, or hope to be in someday a sacramental marriage. We need to remember it's a sacrament. It's a, 
visible sign of an invisible to confer grace. I think I know I've been remiss. I'll go, you know, call on the grace of confession, which is reconciliation, penance, which is good. Go to mass, obviously, which is good. The grace is there, but sometimes we 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 forget that we can call on the grace of our of our own marriage because it's a sacrament. Yeah, and. I think it's easy because we have ceremonies attached to all of the sacraments. Right. Um, p- pretty formal ones for baptism, reconciliation, so first penance, first communion, right. confirmation, holy matrimony, holy orders. Right. It's easy to think that it's sort of a, a one-time thing. Right. And then it's sort of... Like your baptism, it's like over. It's over and done with. Back here in the past, when it's not, it's a, it's a living ongoing. thing that's ongoing that you can call on. I think. I think. From. And I and I believe it's Saint Robert Robert Bellarmine. There's a quote, but he said it's marriage is like the Eucharist in that once it's once it's confected, so to speak, once it's what it is, it it goes on actively. Meaning, baptism does happen in a moment. And it's lived out, you know. Confession and the fruits of of happens in a moment. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's Saint Robert Bellarmine talks about how marriage is like the Eucharist and the fact that once it's confessed, you know, just it didn't just happen in that moment and then it goes away. Right. It, it's it's Jesus is there, body, blood, soul, and divinity. In that, our sacrament is there, even though there was that that day when it happened. But it's it's ongoing, yeah. which I think is a great it's a great point. We need to remind ourselves of that. I mean that that that's something we can call. Yeah. on. and I think too. Also, um, I, I wanted to just add quickly. Nowhere, or in your life, you can see grace at work when, when you fall, right. so much more readily because I think, it's it's grace that's helping you have that turnaround moment, right? That, that, to to not despair, to come back to. The truth. Come back to Christ. To decide to go to confession. Amend your life. Fix things. Right. That's what's allowing you to overcome your right. your fallen nature and and make a change. Right. Fair and, to say. And, think, and, and grace. And and think about it. I mean, marriage really is. It's a vehicle through which we're two people come together and say, "I'm going to do everything I can to help you get to heaven." Well, you know, I mean, there's something a little bit comical about. I mean, part of the way that I'm. That Stephanie's going to get to heaven is by dealing with forgiving me for my screw ups, dealing with with all the ways that I, you know, and often and vice versa. So it happens there. I think that grace also it says it may prove mightier than all the weakness and trials. Like you said, grace overcomes those, and we need to recognize that our own weaknesses. God wants to come in those and help us overcome them. And we're getting uh, we're getting close. Let's go to the la- the next one. And through this of the next one, those three grants grant for parents for the young, and then for love strengthened by the grace. And then the last thing is through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. I think it's important to recognize to recognize that that the mission of the Church is carried out in and through us as families that again, like you, like Thaddeus allowing this, his child to help with that, or my grandfather allowed me to do this. The church is saying your family is meant to participate in, you know, it might be nice if we could cut out the families that have problems, you know, that, 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 you know, Hey, who am I to be able to do that? No, in and through the family is the way that God, has designed the way that the church is that, that we may fruitfully carry out her mission of what? Leading other people to salvation through, with, and in the person of Jesus Christ and with the help of the Holy Spirit. Again, I think that we need to remind ourselves of the fact that we're part of that bigger mission, that what we do day-to-day and how we handle things day-to-day and what people see in us day-to-day whether it's our screw-ups, but then our quick, hopefully, turning around and asking for forgiveness, whatever it is, that they see Jesus in and through us. That's what, he, that's what God intends. But anyway, 
and then we'll just end with, we ask this through, through you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit, ending, going back, going back to God and pointing out that we're meant as a family. Life, truth, and love is what, this, what our families are meant to be about. Our, our families are meant to be about those three things. We should deliver truth, we should live love, and then we should welcome life and with all of what life entails. You know, we like to think it's all perfect and everything's fine, but in reality, um, life's messy, <laughs> you know, and we're messy and we make messes of ourselves and of our own families by the way we deal with or don't deal with things that ought to be dealt with in our family. And so I think this prayer is hopeful because it's, it's, it's calling us to something higher to recognize what God's doing through it, through us and wants to do through us. But it's also at the same time, um, pointing to the fact that we have a God who's, who desires for us to be the image of him and has died on the cross to provide us with what we need to be able to live that out. And so anyway, um, Hope that was helpful. Now, when you read it, maybe if if some of y'all listen, maybe you'll just tune it out because I've gone over it. But yeah, I guess it's just another dead horse that Trey's kicked. But uh, but anyway, I don't know if you had anything anything else. That's I've always loved that prayer, but I appreciate it so much more now, and yeah, me it too. gives me things to meditate on the next time that we pray it when when we're all together next time. Great. Well, draw it in, y'all. Keep us in your prayers, and uh, we'll keep you in in hours. Um, pray, parent with purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you, and he will. Just let him do it. And uh, God bless you. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 